0: Welcome to 3927 and I want to thank all my listeners for joining in and listening to my podcast and I want to encourage each and everyone to seek God and invite his presence every day throughout the day. Practice the presence of God in your life. It is rewarding and you're able to focus more. You're more at peace. You're able to be encouraged, uplifted, because when you practice the presence of God, what it does is that you're meditating in God and His word, word throughout the day. So if you were, if you read the Word of God, the first thing that you do when you get up and make it your priority to read, what you're doing is that you're inviting mm-hmm. the presence of God at that moment. And then after you finish reading, as you're going about the, you know your day, you meditate on that scripture that you read or that chapter that you read. And not only that, but you think of God throughout the day and you pray to him, you talk to him throughout the day. And I can guarantee that your life is going to change as you do that more often. Because meditating is, it is. You are imagining in your mind What you read It becomes an image That's why In in, in a, I think it's 1st or 2nd Corinthians Chapter 10 verse 4 Where it says that We wrestle not against Flesh and blood But against principalities and powers And then it goes on to say that Casting all Imaginations Because whatever the enemy throws at you in your mind it is an image so whatever it is that you're thinking of it becomes an image in your mind and so when you're thinking of the word of god it becomes an image in your mind and when it becomes an image the more you practice the presence of god you are led by the spirit and you are no longer led by your flesh that's what the bible says that uh, that the that the 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 soul is at war with the spirit, and the spirit with the soul because you know they're in conflict because you know the soul wants the things of the world and the spirit wants the things of God. So whatever you're allowing your mind uh, to 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 take over, whatever images you're allowing to enter into your mind is it's it's, it's going to feed either the soul or the spirit. So when you meditate on on the word of God, you're inviting the presence of God into your life. And it reflects because other people, you know, they're able to see it because you think different and because you think different, you're going to speak different, you're going to react differently. And so today what I want to talk about is David, when he called Nathan over and said to him that he wants to build a house of cedar so that the ark of God can dwell within. It says in 2 Samuel 7:2, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar. Oh, okay. So no, he dwells in the house of cedar. <laughs> but he goes on to say, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in curtains. At that time, they had the tabernacle, and it was built with ten curtains. And so that's where the Ark of God dwelt. And and so Nathan goes and speaks to God, and God responds to Nathan. And when God responds to uh, to Nathan to give the message to David, He kind of scolds david in a loving way and he says go and tell my servant david thus says god will you build me a house for me to dwell in whereas i have not dwelt in any house since the time that i brought up the children of israel out of egypt even unto this day but have walked in a tent And in a tabernacle in all the places where i have walked with all the children of israel where have i told them or spoke to them that i command you to build a house for me god is asking them have i ever asked any of the tribes any of the children of israel to build a house for me after so many years that I have been walking with the children of Israel. Because I can walk wherever I, 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 I please. Right? And then God reminds David in verse 8. Now therefore. So tell my servant David. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. I took you from the sheepcote I took you from tending the sheep. From following the sheep. To be the ruler of my people over Israel. Look what I have done for you. And yet you want to build a house for me? And I was with you wherever you went. And had cut off all your enemies. Out of your sight. And have made your name great. Like unto the name of great men. That are here on the earth. It is me that that has done this. Now why did God. Why did. David wanted to build God a house for him to dwell in. Now I try to picture David when he called Nathan over. I, I picture him sitting down in a stone with the pick with the toothpick in his mouth as he's picking his teeth, overly confident, feeling good about himself, that he's established now as a king as God has promised. A little cocky and arrogant wanting to build a house for the Lord. It's time to build a place for how, for God to dwell. For the Ark of God to be in. Why did he want to build a house for God? Well, because all the nations around him, they all had a temple in which their God dwell then they would put their image in that temple so in david's mind he felt well my god needs a house just like every other nation has a temple for their god so in david's mind i believe that he was somewhat comparing god to these false gods he was thinking probably in his mind that my God is a greater, the greatest God. He's greater than any other God in this planet, in this earth. Because after all, he has saved me. He has delivered me. And you see, we do that in our lives. We compare God to many false gods. You got Buddhism, Hinduism, and you even have concept concept of the world, wisdom of the world, that we want to apply in our lives. And we want to compare those gods to our God. You see, every religion has their own belief. I hear a lot of Christians, I have met many Christians, who believe that Buddhism and Hinduism can be part of their lives because somehow... God has spoken to them that even through there, God can speak to them and God can even heal them. I have heard Christians even say that God has used these methods to heal me. Whereas in the Bible, it said that there's no uh, other name under heaven or earth in which we can be saved. Now that we're saved implies, you know, delivered and healed among other things. So there's no other God. There's no other formula that, That can heal you nor can deliver you. Only God alone. Through Jesus Christ. By the blood of the Lamb. He made that possible. Anything else outside of that is false. That is witchcraft. The Bible said, you know, that none of those those things should be practiced in our daily lives. So David, when he wanted to build a house for the Lord... He wanted to compare God to all these false gods, and which the nations build a temple for, for 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 that image of their God to dwell in, in which you know they can either save, they can either talk. It was false; those are demonic spirits. You have Christians that still believe in the zodiac, and they follow the zodiac as means for guidance, uh, for some type of word of encouragement. The stars, the Bible says, do not practice astrology. And yet you have Christians that are practicing astrology. The zodiac signs are not there for us. It was not meant for us. It was not meant to give us any type of uh, guidance or wisdom or knowledge into something for us. That is demonic. Is not biblically um, encouraged. The Bible specifically says... Not to practice witchcraft, not to practice astrology, and yet many Christians are doing so. It is interesting when um, Joseph told the children of Israel, put away your gods and sanctify yourself. They still had little practices that were outside of God's command. Outside of God's uh, statues, yet they were practicing false beliefs in their lives. They had these little statues, you know, the practice back in the days, and we have all these little statues in our lives that which we apply into our Christian walk, into our Christian lifestyle, and we make them a part of a part of us when it has no room. It has no place in our lives our lives has to be our lives has to be they have they ha, it has to be uh led by God's word alone period anything outside of that if it does not um uh, align with the word of god it should it should not be applied now you know this worldly wisdom you know that we can you know Uh, Learn from and stuff like that. But our lives have to be ruled. By the word of God. So. After God scolds David. David. Recognizes in verse 18. It says. Then went the king. Then went King David. And sat before the Lord, and he said, "Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me here? And what can David say more unto thee, for you, Lord God, knowest your servant. Therefore, thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, neither is there any God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our heart ears, and what." One nation, here it goes. What one, one nation in the earth is like that people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for people to himself and to make him a name and to do for you great things and terrible for your land before your people, which you redeemed to you from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. So now he's recognizing that I cannot compare you to these false gods. I have compared you after all that David went through the persecution and all the deliverances that God brought to him. He had this misconstrued mindset that God was somehow, um, has some type of, uh, could be related to all these false gods. And, 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 but in David's mind, God was the greatest of all of them. And God reminds them that he is not like them, that he is far beyond, and he's recognizing that. And we need to recognize that, that all those false gods that are becoming prominent in this time and age, they cannot be compared to God and should not be compared to God because they are false. And then it goes on to say, and let thy name be magnified forever, saying, the Lord of hosts is the God over Israel, and let the house of your servant David be established forever. So we should say the same words as David said. Let your name be magnified forever, saying, the Lord of hosts is the God over your family. In this case, my family. So let, the be, let God be the house of your household and let the house of your servant, you, put your name there, be established forever. Recognize that there's only one God. Recognize that all those false teachings and beliefs, they're false. Because in his mind, he thought that those nations, that their gods gave them some type of guidance. some type of wisdom, some type of power. But God reminded him that there's only one God. God reminded him who, who, that he was him that brought uh, the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt and that he walked with them and that he established David and that he's going to raise up a seed after him. It is God alone. And there's no one that we that, that, that God can be compared to. Because those false gods cannot see nor hear. So we need to recognize that in our lives, there's no other means to be healed nor delivered. There's no other means to receive direction in our lives, nor wisdom, nor knowledge. Only through God. Let that settle in your heart, and that's why it's important for us to meditate in the Word of God, to practice His presence. So I hope that this teaching has blessed your heart. God bless you.